Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Yarn Thing Podcast with Marley Bird. I'm your host, Marley Bird. You can catch the Yarn Thing Podcast live every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 10 o'clock Mountain Time. That's 12 o'clock on the East Coast, 9 o'clock on the West Coast, and 11 o'clock in the Midwest. If you are anywhere else in the world and would like to join us live for the podcast, please Google what time 10 o'clock Mountain Time is for you. I do live in Denver, Colorado. You can come and join the fun. There is a live chat that happens during the live broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. And then there is also the Facebook live broadcast that happens over on the Marley Bird Facebook page. You can check either one out. Whichever one you want to participate in, I'm glad you to have you there. Let's say thank you to our lovely sponsors. Um, my, my music's going to end here in a second, which is just kill me. Okay. So thank you to Buffalo Wool Company, Creative Bug, Erin Lane Bags, Crafty.com, Stitches.fs, and last but certainly not least, Red Heart Yarns, where I'm the proud national spokesperson. You can learn more about our sponsors by visiting BarleyBird.com and clicking on the drop-down menu for sponsors where there's a direct link right there. So go to them, say hello, and say thank you for sponsoring the Yarn Thing Podcast. Hello, everybody. I am so happy you are here today. Um, It is exciting. We didn't have a show last Thursday because I was traveling. I was at the Pittsburgh Knit and Crochet Festival, which was absolutely fantastic. The students were extremely knowledgeable and kind and excited to be there. Um, The market was a little bit small, I will will be honest with you, but I think that it has such a potential to grow that it is amazing. The venue was awesome. Uh, the 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 space that the market was in uh, had natural light coming in, and oh my gosh, it was the best. It was the best place I have ever seen yarn displayed as far as being in natural light. If we were indoors, it was really beautiful. Um, Anne and Barb really do a really great job putting on that event, and I really did have a great time. So it was it was a lifetime being there. So having said all that, that's why we didn't have the show last Thursday. And then this Thursday, I'm actually going to be at the Interweave Yarn Fest. So there will not be a show this Thursday as well because I will be up there hanging out with Faina Goberstein, as you guys know, Faina and Selena Baca will be there. I think Brianna Kay is going to be there. I mean, there's just a plethora of people. So I'm going to be up there hanging out to um, uh, and learn my, my knitting and crochet, get my knitting and crochet on. So today's show is the only show for this week. And it is a doozy, you guys. I am so excited to have this guest on the podcast because if you're like me, and you float around Ravelry to see, you know, what's new, what are people making, and, and what's the exciting thing, and I, I guarantee you, you have either seen the Sophie's Garden or Sophie's Universe Crochet Along, because it's simply beautiful. It's one of those pieces that it makes you stop in your tracks, stop scrolling the pages, and just look at it. You're just like, what is going on with all of this? Because there are so many stitches, so many colors, and it's just simply beautiful. So, of course, I, you know, being the person that I am, I always go and I look up, all right, so who, who is it that designed this and, and what, what does this person do and, and what's their story? And so I have been a big fan of the, the designer for a while. And when I found out that she had her entire Sophie's Universe crochet along published into a book, I asked her if she would join me on the podcast and she agreed. So all the way from London, England, we're going to see if I say the name right, Deirdre Ace 
is on the podcast today, and she is the wonderful designer behind Sophie's Universe and Sophie's Garden and many other wonderful designs, including, I think, uh, the, the puzzle balls, the puzzle um, animals that you've probably seen. Like, she's just, she's amazing, and she's a little nervous, so we've got to make sure we, we, uh, we hold her hand a little bit today as she's on the podcast, but let's say hello to Deirdre. Hi, hon, how are you? Hi, Molly. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I seriously am so excited to have you here because I want to learn more about you. Um, Your work absolutely fascinates me. And so I just, I want to know more about the lady behind the designs because they, they simply are gorgeous. People are so excited to have you on the podcast today, just to let you know. Oh, I'm pleased to hear that. (laughs) It's pretty cool. So um, just, Let's, let's do a little small talk here at the beginning. Like, what's, what's London like today? How's the weather? Um, weather was fine this morning. We had a really sunny morning, and then this afternoon's overcast. Overcast? But it's been good. It's, yeah, we're just waiting for proper summer to come now. Because <laughs> it, is, it is evening over there in London right now, correct? It is. It's, um, I think, what is it, 5 o'clock? Just after 5. All right. All right. Well, cool. I'm thankful that you're able to join us today. It's pretty darn great. Um, so, Deidre, let's uh, let's have you jump in and let's let's tell people how you learned to crochet and if you're a knitter and kind of give us your backstory. Tell us the history of your your craft. Um, so, um, I learned to crochet when I was seven. My my dad's mother taught me. She taught me to do a granny square. I did it. I went brilliant, I can do this, I never want to do it again, um, and then didn't, well, yes, my sister actually crocheted more than me when she was little, and I just had, it had no appeal, so I didn't pick up a hook again until I was pregnant with my second son, and um, I actually, I knitted him a blanket, which was really bad, because the start of it, when I'd finished, it looked more like a skirt than a blanket, the start was much looser than the finish, if that makes any sense, so I yeah. fogged it all. And then just crocheted a really simple linen stitch blanket with it. Um, that blanket I actually use at work over my lap daily. And so then after that, I just started crocheting a little bit more. Um, we didn't have a lot of money, so so I used really basic yarns and I had to save for, like I'd have to actually save to buy yarns to make a small blanket. And so I also made things out of plastic bags. I just cut plastic bags up and started. That was most of my first projects were made with plastic bag yarn, plan. And then um, I saw some toys that I really wanted but couldn't buy. And I started looking around for patterns for toys for boys. And there weren't that many at that time. This was about six years ago. And I just couldn't find any that really stood out to me for boys. So I started designing to a little car and a tractor and a digger loader. And then I did the puzzle ball. A friend of my mum sent me a pattern for the puzzle ball, uh, a fabric pattern, and I was too lazy to get my sewing machine out. So I thought I'll just crochet one instead. So I did, and it was really popular. And then one day a lady on Ravelry made a comment where she said, oh, her son loves puzzles or balls and he loves dinosaurs. And when she said that, I just went, ka-ching. Yeah. And so I thought I could make it into a dinosaur. So I made some puzzle ball animals. I made a dinosaur, an elephant, a lion, all sorts. And then so I didn't make any blankets. I was not. I was just playing around with little toys and amigurumis. And then I started doing the block a week 
Cal 2014, um, uh-huh. which wasn't hosted by me, but I asked if I could do the photo tutorials. Okay. And so that sort of forced me to do something every week. It, it, um, it kept me focused. So every week I had to do this tutorial. So by the end of it, I had a lovely big blanket, and I realized that actually I quite like making blankets. So from that point on, most of my projects were blankets. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So I, I'm going to go back to the puzzle balls real quick. So here you are. Yep. You're playing with Amagurumi, and the puzzle balls was a – did I hear you correctly where you said it was a like a fabric pattern, but you didn't want to get out your sewing machine? Yes, the, the actual balls, yes. They've been okay. around for ages. That's why they're called an Amish puzzle ball. All right. See, so I they, had never – So they used before. to be made in – yeah, they used to be made in three segments, and each segment had four little triangles in it. And then you could build these three segments to make a ball. But somewhere along the line, the puzzle element of it got lost, and people just tended to sew all the segments together to have a ball. Okay. So I went back to making it in actual three segments so that kids could build it. I love it. I love it so much. And then the whole fact that you changed it up and started making them into animals, I mean, that's just brilliant. You know, you're not the first designer that has kind of – stumbled into various things because you had some sons and wanted to make stuff, but there just wasn't some things available for you. And so I always think that is just the best is that when, when you have a need, all of a sudden it's like the creativity part of it all just kind of jumps in and you just, you fill that need with whatever you can. And I think that's brilliant that you've made these um, puzzle balls. They Well, yeah, they are very close to my heart. I, I love the fact that they were, that I, when I look at them, I know that this is something that hasn't been done before. Yeah. Because it's always so hard when you're in an established craft and to come up with something different. Yep. Yep. Absolutely true. That's absolutely true. So when you did the block a week crochet along for 2014, um, it was, if I remember correctly, it was um, over 40 designers that all designed a block, correct? Yes. Yes, they did. Okay. So we used existing patterns and we approached the designers and asked them if they would mind us doing a photo tutorial for their squares before okay. we started. And it's so cool. And I love your, your color selection is a big, um, or your, your choice of color. It's a big uh, appealing point of the various designs that you do. And so, I mean, when I, I, I remember seeing the block a week crochet along in 2014, I thought it was just simply beautiful, the colors you, you chose. How do you go about color selection? Um, in the beginning, I didn't really go about color selection. I just sort of stumbled into my colors. So when I started the block a week, I just bought um, an Attic 24 yarn pack. And I used whatever was in the pack. And halfway through, I realized that I was gravitating more and more towards six or seven specific colors. Okay. So, and those tend to be the colors that I have stuck with. It'll be like, it's quite bright, you know, bright pink, bright and a light purple, a light pink, yellow, light blue, dark blue, like a turquoise blue, and then a nice lime green. Those are the colors I always gravitate towards. Yeah, they're perfect. They work really well together. I love it. So you chose those colors and you did the block of the week and the the pictures are fantastic. Do you do your own uh, photography? I do. Yes, I do my own photography. It takes forever. Yeah. <laughs> I've, not, I've not got a studio or a setup to do the photos. So the photos for that and the photos for Sophie, they were all taken on. We have these boxes called really useful boxes. They're plastic storage boxes. 
Okay. And I had two of those stacked on top of each other with just a whiteboard on top, and that's where I took all my photos. Oh, my gosh. That is so cool. See? You just you just make it happen. So while you were doing <laughs> the photography and putting together all of the uh, photo tutorials for the crochet along of 2014, were you starting to have this idea percolating for Sophie's universe? But hold on. Before I ask that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back just a little bit. I think we have yep. to talk about Sophie's garden first. Yep. Okay. So when we were doing the block a week, there's a square by Chris Simon and it's called Lace Petal Square. And when we were doing, when I was doing the photos for that, we were in South Africa visiting our family. And so I was taking the photos just anywhere on the farm where I could, where I could find light and where there was a nice enough background. And I think the flower really appealed to me, but if you look at the flower, it's a very, very simple flower. It's not, now when I look at it, I don't quite know why it spoke to me so much, but it okay. did. And I think partly because of the fact that I was with my family, my sister's wedding, I'd met my little niece for the first time. There were just so many things going on when I was taking those photos, and I really fell in love with the flower. And I contacted Chris and asked her if I could please use her flower and expand it. Okay. Because uh, I had this idea that I wanted to do a mandala with it. So I made a tiny little mandala with it. And then I made it bigger, which was the central, the whole central circle of Sophie's universe. And then I thought I'd quite like to square it up again. So I made it into a garden. And as we were still working on the block a week, I thought I'd try to do the maths so that Sophie's garden is the same size as four of the squares for the block a week. So okay. It's I don't know if you'd say twice the size or four times the size of a normal Afghan square, but it's 24 inches. Okay. So, uh, yeah, and, I'm, and as I was working on that, I was already thinking, I actually, I want to grow this some more. Yeah. Because I just really loved the journey it was taking me on and also the possibilities. Because I thought, yeah. I, I'm not that keen on joining squares to each other. So if I wanted to make a blanket out of this, why don't I just keep going? Okay. Okay, that makes sense to me. Now, um, Mandela's, had you made several of those before? Is that why you had you were thinking that you wanted to transition this into a mandala? No, that was my very first mandala. Really? Yeah. How cool is that? I, I, I'm trying to think now. I don't think I'd even designed a square before then. <laughs> I can't remember. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. I mean, I look, I look at Sophie's garden and I look at the, um, how you said, you know, you created the garden outside of the circular mandala. And I think it's just so fascinating. Like the designer in me is looking at it. Like, how did you go about figuring out the math for that? Or was it like, I'm just going to play around and see how this works. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's just so unique and three dimensional and exciting. Thank you. Um, it was a bit of playing around and a bit of math, a lot of maths, actually, but mostly playing around. I would just sit down with yarn for three or four rows, and then I would make a corner with one color and then do the next row on top of it and the next one on top of it. So I would literally just make a corner to see how it would work, if the stitches would work out, if it, if it would look okay. And then I would figure out the maths, and then I would redo it or change it however I wanted to and then I would rip that out write it down rip it out and then do the whole thing 
So a lot of the time when I was doing Sophie, I was actually working on four or five rounds at the same time to see how it would shape up and if it would work and which kind of multiples I would need. And sometimes I would have to adjust the pattern, put more stitches in a row to get the next one to work out. Yeah. But how long? It, yeah, did it's you... not it's not something that you can really map out because it's so three dimensional. It wasn't something that I could just chart or. I mean, I had a basic drawing of more or less the shape I wanted, but it was extremely vague. Yeah. No, I I can absolutely see that. Honestly, like I look at this and I'm I'm just I'm amazed by it and I'm in awe of it and it's it's simply stunning and and I I know the amount of work that goes into doing something like this and I'm just like holy moly that is just beautiful and then to think that you got to this point you're like I want to continue I want to make this bigger which I probably would have been the same way I'd have been like I'm not ready to stop yet but to know yeah. the amount of work that goes into the future bits of it, it I mean pretty amazing so when you finished Sophie's garden um which, by the way, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say her name, but there is a very well-known designer that I know that I'm friends with who told me she was working on all of these different deadlines and she just wanted a break and she just wanted to make something beautiful. And she sat down and she actually made a Sophie's garden and made it into a pillow. And she said it was the most wonderfully written pattern and such a relief to kind of let go and just follow somebody else's pattern, but have it be so creative and inspiring that um, she just thought it was just brilliant. And I, I, because I didn't ask her if I could say she did that or not, I'm not going to tell you her name publicly. I'll tell you privately, Deidre. Okay. But, you know, <laughs> okay. but it's one of those things that, I mean, it's, it's not just me who looks at this and is intrigued by the complexity of it and the amount of work that goes into it to make something like this. There are, you know, many other obviously crocheters and knitters and designers who, who are just in awe of your, your beautiful square. So when you finished it, like, what did you think? You're like, wow, this is, this is cool. Obviously you just told us that you wanted to continue, but did you have any idea that it would become what it became? No, no, and I was, I was very excited about it because it was big and it was colourful and I was really chuffed with myself. So I thought, yeah, well done, and that was about it. And then, the more people started commenting about how lovely it was, the less I could see that it was that pretty. Because oh really? I would read these things and I'd go back and look at it and go, actually, yeah, yeah. The bigger the height became, the less I could see it. Like because I couldn't see. Do you know how sometimes you design something and you think everyone's going to love this and then no one loves it? Yeah. And then sometimes you make something and you think, oh, this is just a filler pattern. I'll just throw it in there and then everybody goes crazy for it. It's like that. It's like the messy yeah. bun. It's, it's the craziest so, thing, right? I know. And the thing that freaked me out was I hadn't, I hadn't seen that. I hadn't seen that it would be that big. So what was wrong with me then? Uh -huh. I don't know, do you see what I mean? Like how can you be a designer if you can't see other people can see. No, I totally understand. So it, did, it did mess with my mind a lot that people liked it as much as they did. Well, I love it. I think it's it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So you added it to the um the the crochet along and did, I mean were people excited or like what did they think when, when it was added to the crochet along? It was it was just added as an optional. It was just when it was done, I just mentioned that it could be swapped out for four of the squares. So I have not seen that many that actually incorporates it. A friend of mine did one that had it in the middle. She used all the colors that I'd used for all the squares, but it had um, a Sophie in the middle. 
I love it. So, no, it, I think at that time it wasn't that big yet. I don't know now. I can't remember. That's all right. That's all right because it did become huge. And so here you are. You continue on with the math that goes and in, gets involved in this. And you keep working on it. You keep working on it. And what's amazing to me is it's not just you have this beautiful piece and then the math that gets involved with the various rounds that you're adding to this, but then your photo tutorial that you incorporated with each step so that there is, you know, people are ensured success. Oh my gosh, the amount of work that goes into that. It, yeah. It will, I halfway through, I wished I'd never done the photo tutorials because they were, an insane amount of work. If I thought that designing it and making the prototype and ripping that back and making it again, if I thought that was a lot of work, then that took up probably a tenth of the total work involved in making the photo tutorials because it was endless, endless photos. I took thousands of photos and then I had to edit them and present them in a way. So I could have done it a different way. I could have made the photo tutorials much less in-depth. But my, I want to, make my pattern accessible to beginners. And I want people to look at it and go, I could never do this, and then try it and and do it, and then feel this massive sense of achievement. Unlike other patterns where you see a pattern, you think, oh, this will be easy, you try it, and you just don't get it, and you, you walk away feeling like a failure. Mm-hmm. And I wanted people not to feel like that. I wanted them to feel like a success. And in order to do that, I had to make it as foolproof as possible. I had to tell them everything I thought, everything, every hint I could think of, every little bit of help I could give them along the way because I wasn't there next to them to tell them. So it's a price I paid. I knew as I was wishing these hours away going, why did I do it this way? I also knew that I was doing it that way because I couldn't give anything less than, than what I felt like was my best. Oh my gosh, it's amazing to me. And I want to point out to everybody that not only is it that you're you're doing all of this and it's a huge amount of work, but you're doing it for free. Like it was a it was a free crochet long, right? It wasn't again for the same reason. If it had been a paid pattern and people had seen it and thought that's too difficult for me, they would not even have tried. A few might have. But this way, what have they got to lose? It's in parts if it's even if it's too difficult if they try the first but it's free they've lost nothing it's only eight rounds and then they do that and i think actually maybe i could do the next bit and then maybe i could do the next bit so it it was free yes but i have seen financial reward from it in other I ways get, yes no i get that i just want people to understand that you know the the amount of work that goes into this it, it's not something that how do I say what I want to say? I'm trying to I'm trying to point out to the general public that you have went so far above and beyond what is expected of, of a of a general crocheter, let alone a designer, let alone a blogger, and it provided something amazing. And yes, I I, I know you have financial reward from it and, and and all the stuff that comes from it, which is fantastic. Which you know, kudos to you. You absolutely deserve 110. Um, percent But it's just. It's amazing the the quality that you put out there and um, the the thoughtfulness and everything that you do. It it it's no surprise to me that it has been as successful as it has because your work is impeccable. Thank you very much. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So here you are. You you put it out there. You start doing these um, 
photo tutorials, which again, kudos to you, man. I mean, it's more than I could do. I do the videos and that's, that's not, that's a lot, you know? And I, yeah, um, but I can't do videos. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think you probably could. So you're doing the photo tutorials and you're going along, you're going along. And you said that later on, if you had not started, you wouldn't have continued. At what point was it when you were just like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to do another tutorial. Um, I actually, the, oh my gosh, I don't want to do anything anymore was way before I even started the photo tutorials. Because <laughs> I'd gotten to, there was a, a mistake that I'd ignored and thought I could fix, which started just after the garden. And when I was about seven, eight rows from the end, I realized that I could not fix it and I needed to frog everything back down and start again. Oh, no. And that no. Was, and if they hadn't already publicized that it was going to start and it wasn't due to start in less than a month, then I wouldn't have, <laughs> I would have just gone, no, sorry. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that makes my heart break just thinking about it. Oh, my gosh. But right. It's done now and it's, a, it's yeah. a good, funny memory. It is. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So from start to finish, how long would you say it took you to create the first Sophie's Universe? In months? Yeah, sure. Um, just under six months. From wow. from actually less. August and December. Four months? Wow. That's a lot of work. I mean, is that just working on that dedicated only to this blanket? It was pretty much. I was still doing the photo tutorials, the last two photo tutorials for the block a week. Uh-huh. And then working and the kids obviously but it was the only my own project that I was working on at the time wow wow so here you go Um, go ahead so I just want to say the reason for the shape for Sophie or the the fact that it twists out again that it doesn't just continue square after the garden um it's because while I was because I'd already put Sophie's garden out there people had started adding elements to it already. And so even though I knew that I had wanted to grow it, people were already growing it. So I had to think of a way to grow it that would be completely different from what someone else would think of. How interesting. How interesting. Which is why it has the petals in the corners. That is so interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. I love it. I think it's it's just so, it's so fun. It's so great. Um because I did ask you how long it took you to make it, how long, as you're watching people make their own Sophie's Universe, how long does it usually take, you know, a typical person crocheting it? About the same amount of time? Yeah, well, it takes about 113 to 130 hours. Wow. Woo. Roughly yeah. an hour around, although the first ones go much quicker and the last ones go much slower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is so great. I love that it, it is, somebody is asking on um, Facebook, they said that they're a beginner and they might feel so incredibly overwhelmed to start something like this, but you're telling them, no, that's why you've made it the way you've made it is to um, be able to intrigue the beginner and let them understand you can do this. Yep. It is, that's yep. what I'm passionate about, because once I understand that, then they can figure out other patterns. It, it, it's no longer just, I don't know what's going on, I'll stop this. They can then analyze their work. They can look at it. They can go, I know what my stitches look like. I know where 
the loops to the stitches fall. I know how to do front and back post. I know how to look at my work and evaluate it. I know how to count it. I know how to fix it if I need to fix it. So it gives them, it's not just a pattern. It's, it's like a cause. Yep. Yep. I love it. So when was it that, uh, is it, she, is how you pronounce it, sheep cheese? Schepjes. One more time. I might be saying it wrong as well. Schepjes. Schepjes? See, I would have never guessed that. Yeah, it's like a sound. Okay, well, we're going to say the company. (laughs) When did they contact you and say, hey, would you be interested in taking everything that you put together for this one pattern and including it into a book? Um, They had initially actually contacted me and asked me if they could give me yarn support for the pattern because at that point I was using I was just using the cheapest yarn I could buy that I knew if I had to frog it it wouldn't matter I could waste lots of yarn because I wasted lots lots of yarn and they while I was working on my prototype they contacted me and asked me if I would like to use their yarn and it's a yarn yes a yarn that I had been wanting to buy for ages and ages and ages and had just never not the more pricey ones i just never had enough money in one go to buy my dream yarn so like when i was on the podcast with marie um i said to her that i had this i would put it in my shopping basket online and i would just everything i would buy if i had unlimited money and i put it all in there and then just leave it there for a bit and just <laughs> pretend that it was mine and i could buy it at any time and so i had scrapies in my shopping basket online and I'd looked at it the morning, just looked at it again. And the afternoon, I got an email from them asking me if I would like to use their yarn. So I was oh. like, yes, please. Oh, my God. And so, they have been, so they've been supporting me through from that cowl throughout. And I'm actually now one of their official bloggers. Um, but when Sophie was finished, and even before we were finished, I started approaching publishers and asking them if they would consider putting this pattern into a book because I just felt like it would be easier for people to buy the book and I thought there was a market for the book not uh-huh. to sell a book but to make it easier for people to to access the patterns because I wanted to keep them online free but I would also like people to have it in a book format if they chose um, and everyone said no unless I removed the patterns from online and I didn't want to do that yeah I didn't want to remove them and just have them in a book so then Schaipje said to me, well, we will publish it for you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my and gosh. That was, in, that was the beginning of 2016, and it took us until the end of 2016 for me to collate everything back into book form. Because it's, for online, it's perfect because you can link to everyone's tutorials, and you can have a different format. It doesn't right. necessarily have to be a coherent book. But for a book, it has to have – it needs to be – more the timeline needs to be better things need to be in a better order everything needs a tutorial you need to put everything in the book you can't just link to how to make a magic ring so it took me a long time even though i already had all the patterns and the photos took me forever to rejig that and put it into a workable book format oh girlfriend i am so impressed with you i am so impressed i'm sitting here flipping through the book as you're talking and i mean i had one person say to me um you mean it's only one pattern? I'm buying a whole book for one pattern. I said, no, you don't understand. No. This, is like, this is like a pattern on LSD, dude. It is. It's amazing. You are <laughs> learning so much. And you are, yes, making one pattern, but the amount of information available to you in this book is it's phenomenal. I mean, it is 
literally, so I've worked with a lot of different publishers and I have a lot of people in the publishing community that are my friends. And it is amazing to me that you are able to get a book published like this for one pattern with the amount of photo tutorials in it. I mean, it's simply gorgeous. This is not a cheap book to publish. And the fact that, you know, they were like, no, we're going to do it. I mean, that says, that says a lot about them. It says a lot about you and your quality of work. And the fact that I know so many people that want this book, it, it's just, it's, it's amazing. It's seriously, this is amazing to me. I'm so glad. I am so glad and so grateful you were able to get this done because it's, it's, um, it's inspiring to a lot of other designers who, you know, might have thought that, oh, I'm just going to have to keep going with the status quo, but you broke the mold here. I don't know if you've realized that, but like, this is a very, very big deal. Uh, I just, I think the biggest thing for me, the thing that made me the happiest is that not only did they publish it for me, but they published it in the format of my choosing. They didn't yeah. ask me to abbreviate anything. It's still, because I have a real bugbear about abbreviating patterns, and I'm happy for everyone else to abbreviate theirs, but it's not how I want to write. I can't write for my audience if I'm just abbreviating everything because I want them to understand. So I need to talk to them as if I'm right there. And I know when the Puzzle Balls book was published, it was abbreviated, and a lot of people went, I don't understand this. I don't, this is not, I'm not used to this from you. And it, like, that really bugged me. Yeah. So this time, it, I love the fact that they have kept it beginner-friendly. They've given it lots of space. They've not tried to squish it into as few pages as possible. And I, I love the way the book looks. And Jane Toft, she's done an amazing, amazing job at the layout and everything. When, she, when I first saw the color and the layout and everything, I just went, this is exactly what I wanted, and I didn't know I yeah. wanted this. Yeah. I mean, and those, I mean for so, people yeah. who might not know, that's, like, unheard of, that – yeah. I, and, I don't, I, and I'm not, I'm not dissing publishers. Please don't take it as that, everybody. But I'm, I mean, it's no, very unheard of that they take that step to say, you know what, this is what the designer wants, this is what the author wants, and we are going to do that. Usually, they fall back on the side of, you know what, that's too costly, and I'm not going to do that. It is, but then if you think about it as well, as um, publishers are in it to make money from the book, that's what they're selling. Yeah. Yeah. And, Skypeach is a yarn company. They don't need to make their money from publishing the book. Yeah. This is oh, why the, they were able to make the book affordable. It's it's so beautiful. It's seriously, like, if this were my book and I had gotten it in the mail like like this, I would have cried. Did you cry? Because I, I, well, I'm I a did. crier. I did, actually. I was going to say. My, <laughs> when the book arrived, I was at work, but my sister and her husband were visiting us. So I begged her to bring the book to my work because they were going out sightseeing in London anyway. So I rushed to the shopping center at lunchtime, and she gave me the book in a shop, and I opened it in the shop, and I did actually Oh, yeah. Cry. I totally would have cried. <laughs> I totally would have cried. I mean, it's, it's a work of art, Deidre. It's, it's, it's seriously, it's simply beautiful. And I love the fact that you've even highlighted some of the people who've made the pieces, and you, you have shots of like group shots of, um, I'm trying to find one of the books that I can show on Facebook real quick, but it's group shots yeah, of people who have Yes, I love that. And I know, I mean, this is your son, right, laying in the middle of the blanket? Um, yes. Like, oh, my, I love that. I love that. You know, I didn't even ask this. Where did the name Sophie come from? 
So um, I hadn't, I'd actually wanted to call the pattern Amazing Grace, but okay. there's, I think it's Beatrice, Beatrice Ryan. She's already got a series of Amazing Grace patterns. Right. I think I might be misquoting the designer, but I think it's her. And, um, yeah, it's and so I didn't want to use that name, so I didn't have a name. Okay. And then the woman, Kimberly Sliffer, who helped me um, host it on Facebook, she said to me, well, why don't you call it Sophie? Because that's my granddaughter's name. And I said to her, right, I'll have a think about it. So I went to lunch, and at that time, Coca-Cola, they do this promotion where sometimes they put names on bottles. Instead of saying Coca-Cola, they'll say Richard or whatever. So I reached in to get a Coke, which I never drink, but did that day. Reached in to get the Coke, and it said Sophie. And I went, oh, right, how- that's sorted then. I know, yeah. it's so bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> what a cool story. That is such a cool story. That is such a cool yeah. story. I love it. I love it. Oh, my gosh. There are so many different things to learn in this book. As I flip through it, I'm just like, I'm in awe of all the various things. And then, okay, so we talked briefly about your color combinations that you gravitate towards. But then how does it feel to see some of the other color combinations that other people come up with? Because, like, I've seen one of these made monochromatic. Like, it was all just one color. I've seen so many different ones. I mean, how how does that make you feel? No, it makes me feel wonderful, the fact that these people are, like, putting their personalities into the blanket. And there's no, I know people, when they start, they're really daunted, and they'll make a few rows, and they'll think it's all wrong, sorry, rounds. They'll think it's all wrong, the colors aren't going to work, but it's such a big pattern that what maybe doesn't work for the first four rounds, you won't even notice when you get to round 113. So you really could use any colors. And it does work very well in one color as well, because you get to focus on something different it's much more elegant and you get to focus it like your eye gets drawn to the texture more than if you had colors that highlighted yeah. the texture bits yeah i mean yeah, i love that people just yeah that they can experiment and i especially love it um the ones i've seen if it's done in three colors i really like that mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's pretty it works it's, very well you know, it's um. I'm gonna look here and see before I say this on Ravelry. So uh, to my, I think on Ravelry, like yours is the most made, most uh, made project for crochet on Ravelry. I think I'm gonna go and check that out to see. You have but, to I mean, check because I don't think so. I will check. I'm gonna check right now as we're talking. But um. So we talked briefly. You know, you didn't know that Sophie's Garden was gonna be so popular. How? How has the popularity of Sophie's Universe really hit you? I think it's insane. In a good way. <laughs> yeah. In a very good way. And, but no, I just never, I thought maybe as many people as did the block a week would do it, maybe, if okay. I was lucky. Wow. I just I didn't think that I'd have it. Well, there's people working on translations in 10 languages. I just, it's huge. It's worldwide and I don't, it just, it overawes me sometimes, and then I think it's just, and I know it's just crochet, but it's uh-huh. also, these are people's lives that I have a tiny part in, even if yeah. I don't know it, and that's yeah. just overwhelming. I totally hear you. I totally hear you. All right, so I'm looking on Ravelry, and it's, so when I click on most popular for crochet, it says the virus shawl is the most popular 
but it only has 3,305 projects, whereas yours, if I go back, Sophie's Universe Crochet Along has 48,045. So yours has more projects made, and yours is a lot more difficult and, and grand than the virus shawl. No offense to Julia, who designed the virus shawl. But yeah, Sophie's <laughs> Universe, I mean, you're the number one pattern on Ravelry when it comes to it's the first one with blankets. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's I, so. I know, you know, but I also don't feel like I can, I can own that because it's not, it wasn't me who did it. It's not my, it's not because no, it, I'm amazing. What no. <laughs> people say, and then it makes me feel like the world's biggest fraud because it's not, it's, it, there were so many things that, aligned to make it so popular it's not just because of the design because i've seen amazing designs designs that everyone should make that that just have not gotten off the ground and it's it was purely because it was the first continuous blanket it was the first of its kind it was a mystery to begin with because if it wasn't a mystery i don't think the people would have if they'd seen it up front then they would have balked but the fact that by the time that other people started seeing it up front and go, oh, I can't do this, or enough people had already made it to be able to say to them, no, you can, you can. So it was just a whole snowball effect. It was the fact that there were so many colors, and even though people don't like making things in colors, they still click on the colorful projects. Oh, yeah. So it was I just a lot of things, people. The videos, it was the fact that it was in a Facebook group. There were so many other factors outside of what I had designed. I think so you're really being incredibly humble. <laughs> I think you're being incredibly humble. I think your design is beautiful and I think the creativity that goes into designing what you did is is amazing. And so yes, I completely agree with you. There's a lot of factors that go into it, but I think you are very well deserving of the popularity of your blankets. Absolutely. <laughs> you don't have to believe me. It's all right. <laughs> so uh, what, something that I think is so incredibly cute is the way you are able to fold it up and it looks like a bouquet. Was that planned? No. <laughs> it wasn't that planned at so all. I it was love just it. When I was working on that part, I, at one point I threw it down on the ground. Like, well, not I didn't throw it in a tantrum. I was working with it, and then I just chucked it on the ground to set something up with the camera, and it just happened to fall in a way that made me think, ooh, actually that looks a bit like a bouquet. So, oh my gosh. again, pure luck. I love it. You know, it's, 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 it's beautiful. It's amazing. You're, it, it really is the, the color combination. And you're absolutely right. People typically don't like to work with color. They don't, the, the idea of weaving in all those ends scares them to death. But they do click on the color because it's so, it's so intriguing and so beautiful. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. So now that you have the book out, Sophie's Universe, uh, Crochet Along, it's called Sophie's Universe Crochet Along. Uh, I'm going to ask you first off, can you tell us where people can purchase it? Obviously, it's still available online, but where can people purchase it also? Um, it, well, at the moment, I know Dara Moore's and Wool Warehouse sell it. Amazon 
.uk sales. It, they were selling it on Amazon.com, but there's been a hiccup, so I don't know what's happening there. So for the moment, it's not available there. I've also had some um, shops, some bricks and mortar shops, contact me and ask me for where they could get the book to sell, and I've um, I've re referred them to Scapius. So they should be like it should start showing up in shops, but for the moment, it is mainly Wool Warehouse and Deramores. Okay. Ceramores and Wool Warehouse, everybody, just so that you know, so, yes. so that you are asking. So now you have the book, and you're kind of doing this, I want to call it a media tour, just, you know, you're on my show. <laughs> there you go, it's a media tour. Um, what do you have planned next? Well, I've got a blanket called Charlotte's, Charlotte, well, it's, well, it's Charlotte at the moment. It's a similar thing. It's also a big square that, is, that I've started growing. Um, but the bigger crochets, because I, I have a job and, the, and three boys, my husband, so I can't do this every day. I do this after work and on weekends. And the bigger crochet gets, the more I have to put things aside. So I have to decide what I can physically achieve and what is just impossible. I can't keep saying yes to everything. So last year I started saying no to virtually everything. Um, and with the goal of getting some time to finish Charlotte. Um, so far, I've not gotten very far. I mean, I've, I've gotten a bit. I've gotten a fair ways. But it's one of those projects where I really have to think and I need two to three hours on my own to figure out maths and play with, with the rounds. And I don't want to rush that because this is my reward for working hard. My reward for working hard will be getting time to work on this design. Um, but we have got a blanket called Charlotte's Dream, which is just made up of 12 of the of the central squares, which is already available online. And my friend Jenny made that, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Very cool. And I can Very say that because she made it. <laughs> is it going to be another crochet along? Um, I don't know what it's going to be. At the moment, everyone's doing a crochet along, and I just I feel like there are so many crochet alongs going on that – Maybe I should just give it time to die down if it ever dies down. Okay. All right. I that makes sense. I will, I'll see. I just, I've, I've got some ideas. But um, I'm also writing for Inside Crochet. Um, I'm going to be their columnist for a year, so I've already done one issue, and the next issue is due after Thursday. So that's very exciting for me because it's crochet, but it's, it's something different. Like I don't, I don't want to come to the end of 10 years and feel like I've just repeated the same year of my life over and over again. I want to every year do something new, something exciting, something different. I understand so this year I'm writing a column. Very cool. I love it. I love that you, you are, I think that your dedication to having balance in your life with crochet and family and work and everything that's uh that's commendable because a lot of us a lot of us struggle with that and so it's very smart that you're aware of that need i know but being aware of it it doesn't necessarily mean that you get it right but i'm trying i know it's hard we'll, we'll it, is so, it is so incredibly it hard is. i can so hear you well, Deirdre, it is the time that we give away prizes on the show, and I know that you are giving away two copies of Sophie's Universe book, um, signed copies, and yes. I, I'm so excited. So those of you, go ahead and sit back for a minute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain to everybody how this works. 
So if this is the first time you've listened to the Yarn Thing podcast, everybody, welcome. We are thrilled you are here, here on the, pod, on the podcast. We are blessed to have guests that come on the show that offer prizes, one to a call-in listener who is listening live, and one to somebody who leaves a comment on the show notes after the podcast. So right now, if you are listening live, the guest call-in number is, uh, area co- so our country code is one, but three four seven three nine. Five five eight nine three four seven five three nine five five eight nine. And what happens is you call in and you get placed on a switchboard on my screen, and all I see are phone numbers. So I don't see any names at all. So what will happen is when Deirdre and I randomly select somebody who's one, I will click on the little microphone and it'll put you on air. You'll hear a beep on your phone. And that will be your cue that I'm probably talking to you. So make sure that your the sound of whatever you're listening to the podcast on is turned down, and then you can talk to me and Deirdre. So that's the first way to win. You can call in, 347-539-5589, and you're calling in to win your very own copy of Sophie's Universe Crochet Along book, signed by Deirdre Ace. And so that's the first way you can win. The second way you can win is by leaving a comment on the show notes. Now, the show notes are only available at MarleyBird.com. Write that down, MarleyBird.com, M-A-R-L-Y-B-I-R-D. Tammy, she is my social media assistant. She puts up the show notes over at MarleyBird.com, and she includes a brief synopsis of everything we talked about in the podcast including links and images and all of that good stuff. And they are affiliate links. That way, if you use them, you're supporting the podcast. And I say thank you for that. But at the bottom bottom of the blog post, you will see where it says leave a reply. You will click on that and you will leave a reply using a keyword that Deirdre has already selected in your reply. And that's sort of like your golden ticket. That's your, your, that's the symbol of saying, oh, hey, I listened to the show and here's, here's my special special word. Um, and then we will select that winner about two to three weeks after this particular air date of the podcast. The reason we choose to choose a winner about two to three weeks later is because we know that all of you have lives and you don't always get to listen to the podcast right away. And we want to make sure you have a chance to go back and listen to the show. Okay. So make sure you leave your comment. Once again, it will be on marleybird.com. So here right now, I'm going to bring Tammy on And Tammy is going to tell us the name of a winner from a previous podcast. And Tammy, I only have a couple minutes for you to talk. Okay, hon? All right. I'm here. All right. Go ahead. Deidre, are you still there? Yep, I'm here. So this kind of might answer the question about the code word. Um, Everybody's supposed to leave a comment at the show notes and include the word or phrase that you've you've chosen. Um, For instance, Buffalo Wool Company was our guest on the Yarn Thing podcast a few weeks ago. And uh, I used a random number generator to choose a comment, and I've just verified that the the commenter used the correct word in the comment, which kind of proves that they were listening. Um, Elizabeth said it would make me so happy, happy was the code word, to develop a personal relationship with some Buffalo Wool. So I'm going to send her an email. She's going to be the uh, winner for uh, the comment winner from the the show notes with Buffalo Wool Company. Yay! And uh, so on your show notes, what do you think would be a good word or phrase for people to use 
with in their comments. Oh, I'd like them to tell me what they if they have made Sophie or if they're going to make Sophie what they they feel like they would reach or achieve. Like how if it would just be a pattern for them or what it would mean to them. Cool. Okay. All right. I love that. So, so they can tell us kind of what their aspirations, their journey, their why they're going to make Sophie or what it means to them. I love that. Yes. All right. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Thanks, Tammy. Very cool. So there you go. So it's as easy as that, you guys. So Tammy went back a couple weeks, chose a winner from the episode we did with Buffalo Wool Company, and that person wins the lovely prize for Buffalo Wool Company. So for today's show, you'll make sure that you go to marleybird.com, find the show notes for today's show, and leave your comment. That includes if you've made a Sophie, what it meant to you, if you're going to make a Sophie, maybe who you're going to gift it to, what yarn you're going to use. Like, tell us a story about your Sophie, um, and that would be awesome. So there is that. Now, Deirdre, there we, you, I'm over at the switchboard, and you have 43 callers. That's a lot of callers. Oh, nice. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to scroll my mouse up and down, and when you tell me to stop, that phone number will be the lucky winner, okay? Okay. All right. I'm scrolling. You tell me when. Okay. Okay. Oh, this must be by you. All right, so this is obviously not in the United States. So I don't know who this is. Um, it is, I, I guess it's a country code of four, maybe. So it's 44776, and then there's a bunch of numbers after that. So I'm just going to click on the microphone. Yeah, I've that's never, England. Is that England? Hello? Who's this? It's, it, it can't be me. It's Lynette Wilkie. It can't be me, Deirdre. <laughs> it cannot be me. Who said you were going to call? <laughs> I called because it was too good and I love you too much. And I always listen to Marley as well. So I thought I'd call live. Yes, I'm from England and actually I have a migraine. But I wanted to call to say hello. And oh my goodness. Oh, I think, Deirdre, you should give it to somebody else. Can I do that, Marley? You can't, if you want to. Yeah, I'm guessing you guys know each I, other. Very yes, well. I do, and I have got a, I, I, very well, and I have got a signed copy, and it's the most brilliant, lovely book ever. Can, can I think you should probably just change, you know, try it again and do your random generator. But thank okay, you so thank much you for a wonderful podcast. I thank can do you. that. You're welcome. Thanks for calling in. Okay. Right. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right. So I totally missed who who that was, but okay. <laughs> so cute. And that's okay. a very good friend. I just saw her yesterday. Oh, that's so cute. All right, so I'm scrolling up. I think that's funny that we chose the one person that calls from England. Okay, so I'm scrolling up and down once again. You tell me. I'm too scared to now. Stop. Oh, okay. Um, so that is area code 520. So that's obviously in America. 520. Okay. Hello? 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 Who's this? Hi, this is Marissa. <laughs> Hi, Marissa. Where are you calling us from? I'm calling from Tucson, Arizona. I can't believe you chose me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, Marissa, it's your lucky day from Tucson, Arizona. Yes. Deidre, I just, I love your patterns. I have made Sophie, and it is beautiful, and I love it, and I would love to have a copy of the book to show. And um, I'm working on Charlotte's Dream now, and that is just gorgeous, too. So I have to tell you, I just love your patterns. <laughs> Thank you very much, and congratulations for winning. Thank you. So cool. Well, Marissa, congratulations. That is fantastic. What I need you to do is you're going to email me, and we have a new winning uh, email address, so make sure you write it down. But it's winner 
at yarnthingpodcast.com. So winner at yarnthingpodcast.com. Make sure you send okay. me your mailing address and phone numbers. So that way I can send it off to Deirdre, and uh, she'll send you a signed copy of the book. Oh, great. Thank you so much. I am so happy you've made my day. Oh, fantastic. Oh, thank you. thank you for listening. Oh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you for doing what you do. Oh, you're welcome. Have a good day down there. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. So fun. So fun. I love giving away prizes. I think it is just the funnest thing. I think every time I give away a prize, I say that. I always say I love giving away prizes. It's just exciting. It's so exciting. Um, Deirdre, I seriously enjoyed today's podcast and learning more about you, about your design process, about your patterns. And I mean, seriously, this has been such a treat to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me, Molly. Oh, totally. And let's tell everybody if they want to follow you um, in social media and your website and stuff, your website is look at what I made.net. So look at what I made.net, everybody. And then, of course, on Facebook, you can follow her. Um, is it is it under Look What I Made or is it under Deidre? It's also under Look at What I Made. Look at What I Made? Okay, because I know on, on, um, on a, what is this called? Twitter. I'm like, what is it called on Twitter? But you're you're under something, it's, it's Deidre, Deidre Strandum? Strandum. Oh, yes, that's my, it's my maiden name. I, I don't know if you can change twi- Twitter handles. I'm useless at Twitter, so I don't know. But yes, that's me as well. That's okay. That's okay. But there you are there. And then, of course, everybody, you can do simply what I did. If you go to Ravelry and just put in, you know, crochet projects and what's the most popular, you'll find her immediately right there. But you can follow her as a designer. You can follow her as a Ravelry um, uh, person, just basically on Ravelry. And uh, I know you have a a Ravelry group, like an unofficial Ravelry group for um, Sophie's Universe. And uh, all that yes. good stuff. Guys, go check it all out. Go follow her and and see all the wonderful things that that, that Deidre is making because it's, I'm, I'm in awe of you. And I hope that one day I get to come over there to London and meet you or you get to come over here and we get to hang out because I would really enjoy that. That would be wonderful. <laughs> all right, hon. Well, I think I've kept you from your dinner long enough. Hopefully this wasn't too bad, right? It wasn't so bad. No. It's okay. <laughs> Well, thank you very much. Thank you for everything you do. And I so look forward to everything else you have going on in the future. Thank you, Ollie. All right, hon. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good evening. Bye. You Bye. So fun, everybody. That is Deirdre Ace, U-Y-S. I would have never pronounced it that way, but it's uh, Deirdre Ace. And it's under Look What I Made. She is the designer of Sophie's Universe and Sophie's Garden and the Puzzle Bowls and um, her new project, Charlotte. You got to check it all out. You guys, let's hit our music here. Oh, all of a sudden, the computer just decided to change on me. Hopefully, I'm still here. Okay, I'm here. All right, so I'm going to hit my music. There we are. <laughs> let's say thank you to our sponsors here on this wonderful Tuesday morning. Buffalo Wool Company, Creative Bug, Caroline Bags, Crafty.com, Stitches.Events, and certainly not least, Red Heart Yarn, where I'm the proud national spokesperson. You can also be to sign up and try your community and stuff you learn to make by 
Rev Trans and her hat over on thebushyc.com. I'm giving away um, enough yarn to make that hat. And I think it's the last thing to sign up. So go check out thebushyc.com, you guys. Yeah, guys.